Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Steve Rowell here. Today is Thursday, March the 21st, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York. It's 1 p.m. in Los Angeles. It's 8 p.m. in London. And I always get this part confused. I think it's 7 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. If I got that wrong, Sydney, I apologize. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy to report that we're happy. Steve, I was just asking Steve before the podcast how he's doing. He's doing good. He's relaxed. He's feeling great, which is wonderful. I mean, he had this big article that came out in the paper over the weekend, and he's just in a great space. And I, I asked him, what, what you've been doing? He said, nothing. So what's it like to do nothing, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, when I say nothing, I mean, I, I, I mean, focusing on, on what I'm wanting to do moving forward. So that's the, that the nothing is a space for me to be in the now with myself and manifesting, if you like. That's, that's what I've been doing. Well, it's the best kind of nothing. I mean, right? a nice way, you know, emotionally and energetically, I'm in a really, really grounded and, um, perfect, perfect state for creating now, ah. which is, which is great. Yeah. That's the way to do it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of what I've been aiming for because, um, I mean, what I've been dealing with has been quite different from having a major article come out in a nationwide newspaper, but you know, everybody has their own stresses that they're dealing with. And I certainly have my own share and I've been very proud of the fact that especially on the last couple of days, like yesterday I did my nature walk today, it's a little bit rainy. So I went to the gym instead and walked the treadmill, but in both cases, I was using the time, it's about an hour's worth, it's using the time to just focus, focus on what I want, you know, keep everything else out, just stay focused, get excited, you know, play the play the positive tape, so to speak, and doing so very successfully. I mean, yesterday, I I think out of that 60-minute walk, uh, 55 minutes of it, I was focused. I mean, I was only off for about five minutes, which is miraculous for me compared to my history. I mean, Check back with me about 10 years yeah. before it would have been like the reverse five minutes focus, 10, you know, 55 minutes all over the place. So huge improvement there. And today it was kind of the same thing. It was a little bit different because you're, you're in a gym, you know, you're, you're in a, on a treadmill, you're not going anywhere, but there's, you know, activity going on all over the place. People are working out and so forth. And plus I like to play my own music on my, my phone and, and headphones and so forth. And you're, trying to play it over the music that's playing on the loudspeaker system that everybody else is listening to in the gym, you know, so there's plenty of distraction in the gym. And yet, nevertheless, I was able to stay focused for a good portion of the workout. So yeah, good stuff. I'm, 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 I'm gaining ground. That's the way I think about it. So well, that's always a good thing. It is. It's so, always a good thing. Gaining ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way we feel like you're making progress. Um, I did want to ask you about the law of attraction aspect of what you've been going through with, you know, the article release and so forth. Um, and I figure we can kind of touch on that as we're going along. Um, I, I was just realizing though, I also wanted to ask your opinion on something that I asked Joel about this morning. And it was actually the topic of our conversation, but I just want to get your take on it too. Um, the, the topic I brought up with him was, Despite the fact that I had that really great concentration yesterday and I was feeling good and I was, you know, focused and all that, I realized afterward I didn't succeed in getting that really, really strong internal feeling. Like I felt like I was really 
there in the thing I was trying to imagine. It was good. You know, I was, my focus was good. I wasn't distracted. I was able to stay, but I wasn't building up that really big feeling. And it led me to ask a question kind of along the lines of, you know, what is it that, it, it, isn't it true that, that a lot of the things that kind of hold us back is our inability to just dream really, really, really big when we want to dream big. We, we have these little filters in place that kind of, they're, they're resistance points. And so even though we make progress, we still find these resistance points and we just sometimes don't have those breakthroughs. And I wonder how often that affects people. So I, I thought I'd ask you, what do you think? How often does that affect people? How big of a deal is that? I think that's a, a massive big, a massive deal. It affects me all, all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think the, t- the trick with it is, because if you think about it, I'm probably going to go down the same same tack as Joel probably is <laughs> because we always seem to be on the same sort of wavelength. But, right. but with me, I think even when you're – if you're doing something in the now and you're actually going through a process of create, uh, you know, carrying out a task or trying to do something new that maybe scares you or makes you feel uncomfortable so you're going outside of your comfort zone, even in the real in the real world, not not just imagining, your subconscious will create things to try and stop you moving into that new, new oh, yeah. place of being, that yeah. new state of being, because it's not used to being there. It doesn't want to go out of its comfort zone. Its job is to protect you and keep you doing the same things because that's where it feels safe. Right, and that's a, for me. That's exactly the same as when you are visualizing. You, using the law of attraction and trying to focus on new things that you wanted to create, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. Mm-hmm. It's got, it, there's no concept inside, inside here if it's real or not. So right. you, you can still bring up the same emotions and the subconscious will still bring up the same emotions as if you were actually going through that experience right now. Therefore, it will put those blocks, it will put that resistance in your way. Mm. That's my that's my take on it anyway. I don't know whether that's similar to what you know, Joe. Very close. Yeah. Well, well, he was he and I were also talking comfort zone. That was a big part of the conversation this morning. Yeah, comfort zone, and he always ties it back to uh, struggle because for him, that's where all the best growth happens. I think he's right about that. That is where the best growth happens. Um, But even more than that, um, when we when we as we grow up, we learn that there's like a, you know, the tapes, the tapes that, that were, were taught by our society, by our parents, by our teachers. Those tapes start to build up over time. They get, they kind of gain their own momentum, really. And in so doing, they intimidate us. They, you know, it, it's like we, we settle for less and we settle for less and we settle for less. And in so doing, we put ourselves into that comfort zone. And so it becomes very comfortable. <laughs> becomes comfortable to be unhappy in effect in effect yeah that's yeah, really what it, it is, is. Yeah. I, I think that's true especially with the struggles I, I, I can connect i can connect greatly with the struggle side of things that you just mentioned because i went for the majority of my life as you know so probably about 34 years oldish um i didn't change much at all i stayed exactly the same because i was running on these learned subconscious programs given to me by my parents, given to me by school and societal influence that you've just mentioned, but also the programs that I built up from my past and what, what happened in my childhood. Sure. Um, so I'm constantly in a state of um, fight and flight and fear mode, if you like, all mm-hmm. the time. Yep. So I, I, I've, I actively steered away from anything that was different, any conflict, anything that was going to push me into doing something 
where I might get noticed as an individual. <laughs> so I, I'd, I'd keep myself really keep myself to myself and try not to talk to anybody or look anybody in the eye. And that, that's that's where I was for that many years. But saying that, I still had an air of confidence about me. I still got good jobs and I still did all these things, but I wouldn't stay in them very long because then I'd my subconscious would go, no, you can't, no, 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 you're going too far now, Steve, get back down to where you belong. Um, so that, that happened for me up until I was about 34, but then I decided to change that. And the way that I changed that was the struggle for me to get um, justice for what mm. happened to me when I was when I was a kid. Right. I made the decision right then not to give up and keep going and keep pushing the uh, the Church of England, keep pushing them until I got what I wanted or needed, which was an apology and an acknowledgement of, of what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I got that is because they understood that I wasn't going to stop. They knew I wasn't going to stop, so I just kept going and kept going and kept going so, until we got to the point where they, they didn't have a choice. So, law of attraction-wise, there, I've I've created the outcomes that I wanted through the actions that I took. So I've visualised getting to a point where I'm getting the um, the apology or the acknowledgement of what happened to me and how that would make me feel because I've now anchored in that feeling, which I had to pull from past experiences, because I didn't know what that was like. Mm. Um, so acknowledgement for doing well at swimming or doing well at school or whatever. I'd, put, I'd pull from that. And once I'd anchored that in, and I'd already got to this point of living how that would feel, I, there's no turning back now for me. And this is what I do now. I'll just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep growing as well. Mm. Even though that hurts and it was a massive struggle to go through all that. Um I think Joel's right that when you are going through those struggles, that is when you grow the most because even though it's difficult and even though something not very nice, so it doesn't feel nice for your subconscious anyway, but you keep going and every time you get, you know, a little bit further, you celebrate that, a little bit further, you celebrate mm-hmm. that. Eventually, your subconscious goes, oh, and has a wake-up call and then you've taken a big leap. Mm-hmm. By taking these tiny little decisions, these tiny little steps and these new choices, your subconscious doesn't really realise you're doing it mm-hmm. until you've got there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, ah, realisation wakes up, oh, we've had a change now, and your subconscious <laughs> has changed. So you tend not to go back down to where you were, mm. and then you look for the next one. But it's all got to be done on a conscious basis. Right. Your subconscious will always win if you allow it to. You've got to help it to change. Yeah, that's where the uh, uh, attention to focus makes such a big difference, I think. And I, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I I would suspect that as horrific as the experience was that you went through as a kid, it also gave you tremendous ability to focus and that you probably yeah. used that focus at age 34 when you made the conscious decision to say, you know what? I want what's coming to me. I, I, want, no, I want what's due to me. And by God, I'm going to get it. That focus probably really helped. Tell you what did give me the focus. I was in pain for all of those years, mm. and that pain had got to a point where I couldn't handle that pain anymore. So that I had to uh. do something. I had to change something. I couldn't stay in that anymore because if I did, I'd probably be. I wouldn't be here now. I'd be dead. Mm. It'd be simple as that. I had two choices. I could either change, or I'd end up. Well, I wouldn't have been here because I'd, I'd have drunk myself to death or something like that. Right. So. 
I got to the point where I had to make a decision. And luckily, I chose the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you did. I know we're all glad that you did. Uh, Jeffrey actually had a question along the line of what we're talking about here, so I wanted to share it with you and get your take on it. He says, uh, what if someone loves being out of their comfort zone? For me, it's the rush of life. What if somebody loves being outside of their comfort zone? What, what, what does that imply? That's that awesome. That's a, that's a great place to be, Jeffrey. You should stay there all the time. <laughs> that means, you, that means that you, you, you are constantly growing, changing, and, 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 and becoming a better you. So, so well done for that. I mean, that's awesome. There are not a lot of, there are not a lot of people that could say that. And that's, I think that's brilliant. Well, he also, he also added to it by saying, well, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Exactly. 100%. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think the thing is around this as well, if we go back to sort of the, the belief systems, so the belief systems that we, we've we got, the majority of them are not ours, like you said earlier. So mm-hmm. the majority of them that we've got, I mean, I've decided now. So before I went on this journey, the majority of my belief systems were, were driven by parental so my parents, they were actually my parents' beliefs that had been put on me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, those main ones were, you've got to work really hard for money. You're never going to have enough money, so don't spend it. Mm. Um, we we have to buy really cheap food and really cheap things because otherwise we won't have enough money left. <laughs> all, all these things. And, and you never, ever get noticed or do anything different to anybody else because you'll get ridiculed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. You should always worry about what everybody thinks about you. Don't ever do anything different because they might think badly of you. And all these, all these, these, these things that I now recognize in myself. Oh yeah. I recognize them too. Yeah. yeah. I don't listen to any of those anymore. I've changed them. To, to belief systems that serve me rather than limit me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know all beliefs limit me to a certain extent, but these ones from previously, whether they were parental school or societal from watching the news, um, really did limit me to a place where I couldn't change, I couldn't move forward and I couldn't grow. Oh, yeah. Which is the whole purpose of them, mm-hmm. I think. So if I, I I've now change those to something else that, that serves me so I can move forward, I can grow. Nothing, it's things, don't get me wrong, things still do scare me. And when I push myself outside of my comfort zone, my subconscious goes, no, <laughs> no. And, and I still get the, the rush of adrenaline. I still get all the scary feelings and thoughts. But I can now speak to my subconscious and say, hang on a minute, we've been here before. We've pushed through and done new things before. We, then we've got through and it's all been... Absolutely fine and okay, so let's do it anyway. And I think that's 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 where the breakthrough comes when you can actually do that and you can push mm. yourself past those those thoughts and feelings that you get that, that are trying to limit you. That's huge for sure. Um, it, it reminds me of uh, Jack Canfield, was the uh, primary author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, told a story in The Secret yeah. that I really loved. He said he, he he described one of the limiting beliefs that his parents taught him growing up. And it was his father who repeated over and over again, who do you think I am, Rockefeller? <laughs> and we could turn it into today and say, well, who do you think I am, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates? I mean, who do you think I am? 
I always liked that one. I thought it was funny. I mean, if you're going to be, you know, humiliated and limited, you might as well be humiliated and limited by somebody who's really, really up there, you know? <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's funny. But, yeah, I had the same limits. I mean, I'm not sure if uh, you had, if your parents had the similar experience to what I had. They might have. Um, my parents uh, were perhaps a little bit uh, before your parents' time, but my parents were uh, children of the Great Depression. And as such, they learned all that limitation stuff. You know, oh, there's never enough money. Um, you always have to save your money. You, you always, you know, you don't get, your, don't say anything that'll get you in trouble. You know, don't say, say anything that'll set you apart. All that kind of thing, because that's what they learned growing up. That's exactly. I mean, you had to in order to survive in that era. Unless you were fortunate enough to grow up in a wealthy family, you just you you watched your step and you you followed that line because it. Not following it meant literally starvation. Yeah, which is is crazy when you think of it like, like that, isn't it? But even even now, even now, I think because those beliefs pass down generation to generation to generation, um, and they keep going until I think now our generation now it, it it it's changing, but it's not changing as well because. I've got people in my circle of family and friends that have seen what we've done, me and my wife, and how we've gone from virtual poverty to to, to where we are now mm-hmm. in a matter of what four and a half years ish, something like that. Wow, um, that's really good. But yeah, they still have the same belief systems and they won't accept anything that we say. <laughs> and they're still in, and they're, and they're not in poverty, but they, they, a lot of them still are doing something they 100% dislike mm. as a job. They're still complaining all the time about not having enough. Um, they won't go and experience new things. So if it's, it's that old analogy, isn't it? If you always do the same thing, you'll always get the same results. Mm-hmm. Whereas me and Gemma have gone off and we've done something completely different and we make sure we do something completely different every day if we can. We'll we'll find something new to do every day to push ourselves outside our comfort zones to grow, to keep growing. And because we've done that and then we've gone out, we're out we don't have limitations anymore. There aren't any. I know if somebody's done it before, I can. All I've got to do is find somebody who's done what I want to do go and ask them how, and then do the same. That's mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that for me. But also, if nobody's done it before, I can't find anybody. I can still visualize it. I can still feel how it's going to feel when I've got there. And then I know the universe will show me a way, regardless. So there are no limitations anymore, and that's a great place to be. But it's also quite a scary place to be, because some of those things, the things that I have done, Especially this stuff with it, with the newspaper and, and, and then the, the things that I'm planning on doing moving forward. I am, I'm in awe of what I've done and what I've created using the law of attraction. But I'm also scared to death of it all as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. So on, on, on a subconscious level. Yeah. It still doesn't feel nice and right all of the time. Mm. So I still have to do that work and I still have to work on my subconscious to, 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 
still push forward with it because I could quite easily run away and hide in a hide in a dark room somewhere, sure. and just not do anything. Mm-hmm. I've still got that 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 potential to do that inside, and I feel it all the time. But since I put that article out and that little boy in that picture, it's got a lot easier to to get rid of those those limiting beliefs. Yeah, you mentioned so that on Tuesday. Generally. I think for everybody, there's generally something, something or a, a multitude of things from their past that they can find that will remind them that once they were limitless. Because when you, if you look at children, they don't have the same limits. So if you're if you're walking around a supermarket, there's a child pretending to be an aeroplane running down one of the aisles. Oh sure. They are. At that point that they're an aeroplane. Mm-hmm. The parents are telling them, stop being silly, stop being silly, because they're worried about what other people think. But that's how we all should be. We all should be able to become an aeroplane whenever we want, because it's all about belief. It's all about the belief systems. I've come to appreciate that, actually. Uh, I, I think I told you I'm very tall. I'm six foot eight inches tall, so I'm, I'm pretty yeah. tall. And when we walk into a <laughs> supermarket... Every little kid who comes by us does the same thing. It starts down at my toes and looks all the way up to my face. And then it's usually followed with some <laughs> comment like, Mommy, he's tall. And Mommy's going, Shh. <laughs> But that plays out so many, many times. And I love it. Um, I mean, I, I can't say I always love attention about my height. Um, because it's, I mean, I, I actually have appreciation for like, you know, gorgeous women or, you know, people who, who have you know, particular characteristics that they get judged on those particular characteristics. I understand what that feels like because I'm being judged on my height. It has nothing to do with, with who I am. It's just, wow, he's tall. He must be a basketball player, you know, that kind of thing. You know, so I, I understand what that's like. But on the, by the same token, when a little kid does that, the little kid, ha- they, they aren't in any way trying to, you know, game you or anything like that. They're just expressing pure awe at the height of this person that they're seeing. It's just total honesty. It's just brilliantly total honesty. And I love that because now you get to see inside the soul of of joy. Because that's what that is. You're you're looking inside the soul of joy at that moment. And I think that's that's one thing that I've I've learned over the the last six years or so is I am 100% honest all of the time Mm. because I don't I don't there's no point in not being because if you are I mean I'll do I'll do it all the time with people in my circle I'll I'll, if if somebody how can I put this if somebody's done something that I don't like I'm not going to stand there and pretend I'm okay with it I will 100% shout up and say look I don't think that's right Mm -hmm. Um, if they don't like it it's their issue it's their problem Yep. But also, I'll also be honest about what I'm doing as a as a person as well in my life, and I'll put it out there and let people know. And if if they don't like what I'm doing, they, they'll voice it to me. And I'm like, well, that's fine. You you're allowed not to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but this is this is it. A lot of a lot of what how how the human psyche is built is around not. It's around people pleasing. Oh, yeah. I used to be people pleasing. I'd have to make sure everybody was happy and everybody liked me and everybody liked what I was doing. I wouldn't do anything that might upset him, her, or them. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. That is 100% wrong because I'm, I'm just living in an unhappy place trying to please everybody else. Actually, nobody else matters apart from, apart from you because if you're not happy and you're not, you can't love yourself, 
then how can how can you how can you even interact with anybody in the correct way? Mm. You can't can you can't love anybody else. You can't interact in a way that's that's useful to them because you, you're assuming what they want you to do and trying to fulfil that for them. But actually, how do you know what they want if you haven't asked them? True. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent now, haven't I? Well, I'm doing one of those tangent things again. We, we do we do that often. Like, I'll, I'll take us on another tangent. I'll take us to a question that Nasha asked. Nasha wrote rather extensively here. She says, how do we find how we unconsciously create certain things? I mean, at least they get an apology now when people are mean, and they realize if something happens to them, like something bad, they're coming up to me and, and apologizing to me. But how do I accept myself? Because uh, sometimes I think I hate myself because the DJ in my head has repeated too much of that nonsense. How do you handle that? Yeah, yeah, I know that one well. <laughs> I think so, a lot of us do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, self-talk, uh, negative self-talk is is a really difficult one to overcome. It can be difficult to overcome. But again, it's 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 all based around your subconscious trying to protect you from. Mm outside things that that it sees as a threat so it will tell you you're not good enough to do something so that you don't go and do it because you might fail or that you might get ridiculed for it or that all these it's all about these little stories that are again playing in your head so the subconscious will make up things about you to tell yourself to stop you going off and doing something new and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone it's exactly the same thing um, but again, you can work with that by doing what, well, waltz exercise is a, is a prime example of that. The mirror exercise. The mirror exercise, yeah. So if you, if you get up every morning and go and speak to yourself in the mirror and say really nice things to yourself, you're attractive, you're happy, you're handsome, you're intelligent, all these different things you can say over and over again in affirmations to yourself. Eventually, that 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 chatter, that negative self-talk, like Walt, Walt will back me up on this because you've done it. Absolutely. Um, it slows down. It gets less and less and less. And if you keep going, eventually, it'll, it will stop. Yeah. Unless you stop doing it. Exactly. That's the problem right there. That's that's what always defeats people is stopping doing it. And yeah. the the worst part is, I mean, Jack Canfield is the one who turned me on to it. And he said it would take 30 days, and it did take me 30 days. But I've also heard tales from people who it didn't all get done in 30 days. It didn't actually go away in 30 days. They had to keep going. And some of them didn't, and they didn't get the benefit. But there are others who have. A um, good friend of mine, Mike McEwen, he and his wife, Anne Marie, uh, the, the two of them would kind of uh, tag team, and, and they would do a Sunday night podcast with me that we've since stopped just because I couldn't keep up. It was too many episodes. But uh, they're good friends and, and Mike has been doing the, the mirror exercises for about six or seven months now. And he, he'll he tell you point blank that not only did it take time for him to really you know cut down on that chatter, but a lot of stuff came up while he was doing it. A lot of stuff That's came good. up. Oh, it is good. It's very good. But it's intimidating if you don't, if you aren't ready for it. If if you don't realize that doing that kind of exercise is going to bring up stuff, it can throw you off. It can make you say, "Well, geez, this isn't this isn't working. It's producing the opposite result from what I wanted. It's giving me more of the pain that I wanted. It's not taking the pain away." And he had to work through. It. He still has to. He, he. We just saw them uh, within the last month or so. Went out to dinner with them. And he was saying he's still coming up with stuff. Uh, it's less. It's a lot less than it was. 
and he he totally agrees it's good he's glad that he's doing it um but uh, like every once in a while Anne marie has to remind him well you know x remember x you're, you know whatever this x is that you've been working on you gotta still work on the x you know <laughs> because this stuff well, just keeps coming up i think it's i think it's the same for everyone i mean i as i've said previously i can't stop working on myself because if i do it's quite easy for me to slip back into old behavior patterns oh yeah because if you think about it those behavior patterns were built up over 20 or 30 years so i'm only 40 now so i've only had the last six years of trying to reprogram them it's going to take me a lot longer than six years to be able to you know, be at a point where I can stop. You know, to be honest, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I can stop, because I'll then I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have passed on to the next realm by then. So if if you've spent that much time building those subconscious patterns up from, from the past, the past experiences that you've had, especially if some of those past experiences have not been very nice and have been really negative, mm. then you, you've got to think that, yeah, it's going to take you a long time to do it, to, to rebuild your, your your new patterns. But saying that as well, if you're, there's a way to speed the whole process up by making the new choices, having some success with it. You know what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. The way to speed it. What's the way to speed it up? <laughs> no, I'm going, you, I'm, going, I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead. Celebrating. <laughs> How did I You've know? got to celebrate. If you celebrate, it speeds that whole process up. Because then your body, every time you're celebrating, your body and your mind are creating those nice chemicals like serotonin, dopamine, all these nice things that your subconscious would, you know, it sits there and goes, oh, this is nice. And that's where you need to get to. And if you're celebrating, doing the mirror exercises is fine, but are you then celebrating how good it makes you feel afterwards? Yeah, that's important. In fact, part of what I do during the mirror exercise is not just celebrating it, but also celebrating what is about to come that I'm going to be working on. So yeah. today I plan to do some writing of the script that uh, Alex and I are working on for the f fiction podcast. And yeah. it's going to come out great. And I'm so proud of you, Walt, I'm saying to myself as I look in the mirror. I'm so proud of the fact you're going to come up with some great, great stuff. You're going to come up with about five, ten minutes of dialogue that's just going to be knock your socks off. That's fantastic. I'll say that kind of thing to myself. So I'm celebrating in advance of it happening. <laughs> Perfect. That's what you should do. Because if you think about it, you're then putting yourself right in that feeling. You're putting the thoughts and the feelings right, right in the now before it's even happened. So you're already... You, the, the universe can't help but throw that stuff back at you because you're already there. Yeah. You've already, you, in, in effect, you've already created that outcome right now, haven't you? Right. Exactly. Which is what the LOA process is all about. It really is. Yeah. Um, I, I got to tell you a little story. When I was at the gym today, which was about an hour before we did the podcast, um, I'm on the treadmill and I'm, uh, I, I don't run, I walk. My, because of my height, I, I mean, for me, compared to other people, for me, that treadmill is very narrow. So I don't dare run because yeah. all I have to do is misstep and I'm going flying. You know, it's not a good, it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> so I stick with walking. I walk quickly, but, you know, I stick with walking. So I'm doing my walk and I'm, I'm doing some visualizing. And 
I was realizing, you know, I'm not hitting that that high level of feeling that I really want to hit. So I, I decided, oh, I know, I'll just go, I'll celebrate. I'll throw my arms up and I'll celebrate. And I start to throw my arms off and I can feel myself going off balance. I said, like, whoops, I don't want to celebrate right now doing that. So I had to invent in my head a way to celebrate very quietly while I'm walking along on the treadmill so I don't fall off the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> But you can do it, you know, you just you kind of have to adapt to your circumstances. So, I mean, the, the more serious side of that is if you're, in, if you're in a place where you can't celebrate at the moment, you can still celebrate in your head. You can still find a way to do it, even if it's not appropriate in the environment you're in. You're, you're, you know, you're in a meeting at your job, you know, probably not the best time to go, yes, I did it, yes. It's you know, not really appropriate to the meeting, but you can do it in your head. You can play it in your head. I mean, one... one, one good thing that I use that really works well for me because I, cause I'll, I'll celebrate, you know, I don't know I don't count, but a lot of times during the day mm-hmm. and um, one, of my, one of my ways of doing it is I've got, I've got a celebratory song Oh do you? So it's, it's, it's a tune, I don't sing it, but it's, well I do actually sing it when it's on, but it's, it's a <laughs> tune that um, that makes me feel absolutely amazing Cool. and there's a reason, it's, it's actually have you heard of the script? Uh, I, I've heard of it. I don't think I know it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a, one of their tunes called Superheroes, or Superhero, one of the others. But yeah, it's, it's turn, turn the pain into power. Is one of the words. Okay, one of the, um, the lyrics. Lyrics. Yeah, the turn the pain, turn that pain into power. Yeah, and that's what I've done in effect with my my little story. Okay, so so <laughs> that that's your line to kind of sing in your head to yourself then. Yeah. So and, and that that just lifts me up and the, the emotions come up with all the chemicals are there yeah. and, and and that gets me into that celebratory mode. So that's one way I do it. Whether mm-hmm. that'll work for anybody else, I don't know. But yeah, find it find what, a, a tune that makes you feel awesome. And there is one. There's always one you can you can you can find or something that makes you feel like that. Um, so that's one I use to celebrate. Um, what else? I'm just thinking of any any other ways that I do that. And also what I'll do well since. This article went out. Celebrating is really easy for me. Oh, really? As I said on the on the podcast the other day, because all I need to do is imagine that little boy smiling. Oh, right. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned, I don't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast or afterward in our conversation that we do afterward, but you mentioned how you had the two photos. One was of you before it all started to happen. One was afterward. And you found yourself yeah. reconnecting to you before it all started to happen because you could you could see the genuine smile on your face yeah. in that photo and so forth. And I mean, that's got to be powerful to do that kind of reconnection to your to your little kid inside. That's great. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely. Your um, your videos disappeared. Oh, it did it again. We're we're um, I, I we've had this little debate going on. Actually, the, the debate more more than anything else is going on in my head. But I've also debated it with some of my uh, co-hosts because a lot of people believe in the idea of Mercury going into retrograde, causing problems with electronics. And I can tell you, there have been tons of electronic problems in the last week or so in the middle of this retrograde period that we're apparently in. So <laughs> I I haven't totally figured out whether or not it's actually Mercury being in retrograde or simply the conversation about it is getting me to focus on stuff going wrong. And so, therefore, I'm attracting that. I tend to lean in that direction. But whichever it is, this is yet another example of, okay, I mean, it's a minor one, fortunately. We had one with Linda last week where she just got knocked off the podcast entirely. That was like, whoa, pretty severe. 
but uh, I, I, I can live with, with video going away for a second. So let me see if I can get it back here. No worries. But yeah, so yeah, the, we're back onto the um, the little boy. So yeah, because what, what I can do now when I'm when I'm doing my visualization and my anchoring the feelings into what what I want to feel when I've got to where I want to be, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what, what the situation is or what it is. If I pull from that place, from that, that, that little boy, that joy that I had back then, I'm in the highest vibration I could ever be in. And it's, it's just wonderful because that brings up so much, so many happy feelings, chemicals, thoughts, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, that I can't fail now. I can't <laughs> fail to, to move forward and, and manifest you know, everything that I want, or at least that's what I believe. And that's what this stuff's about. It's about belief. I'm not sure if my video is back or not. I have a feeling it's not. It's mine. Can you see me? Um, well, yours just came back for me, so I can see you. Can you see me? Oh, that's a good sign. I can't see you now. You can't see me. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, uh, time to focus once again on everything going right instead of everything going wrong. So I'm going to spend a little time doing that. Meanwhile, I'm going to read to you uh, another bit of commentary that Nasha gave us kind of following up on the question that she asked um, because she really, she, she wrote quite a bit here and I want to see if you can tell her something that might help her. She says, um, I guess I've been rejected way too many times because of my size or my looks. I believe I am beautiful inside, in, inside out minus the weight. I can't stand my sight in the mirror. I think I'm really upset with myself. I hate myself. I have been a person pleaser and and people have taken that for granted. I hate believing my family and stop seeing what a beautiful, I'm not sure what that means, and stop seeing what a beautiful person I am. If I have dreams, I am mad and I just hate myself for taking my family's, I'm going to translate, my family's crap and then my friends and I hate being so cruel on myself. Please, could you guys shed some light? How do I start to look in the mirror? Because what I see makes me furious. And the words that I say, they, they don't have meaning. And that, that's, that's a pretty bleak place to be in. And, and uh, apparently our video is in a bleak place because it's, it's disappeared entirely. We can't see each other. <laughs> I can't see you now. Can you, can you not see me yeah, now? Yeah, you're gone too. So the video has gone bye-bye. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird because I'm used to being able to see you. In I know, it's like it's gone. <laughs> it doesn't feel right now. But, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the, the thing is with that, Nasha, um, is that right, Nasha? Nasha, that yes, right? that's Nasha, right. Yeah. Because you've got so used to being in that space and, and, and thinking that way about yourself, um, it's again just just a pattern and a habit that, that that has that you've created. So I know it's difficult, and I know it's not not easy to to change that. But it is just about starting to do something differently. Um, I know you've already done some work with with your family, and um, and they're 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 being um, they're being better and receiving you're receiving apologies when they're not being nice and. They're noticing it now because you changed the way you were being around them. So I, th- I remember that from a previous podcast. So well done for that. I mean, you've, you've changed something already, which means that you've got the power to, to change something else just by taking new steps 
and starting to speak to yourself in a different way. Um, so I suppose if you didn't want to do the mirror exercise to begin with, you could start talking to yourself um, without the mirror to, to begin with in a nice way and t- so that you start to believe and feel better about yourself. So just talking to yourself in it when you're on your own, when you're meditating, whatever whatever you want to do. And then once you feel a bit more comfortable, then move that to the mirror. So do it in gradual stages. It's this micro shifting again that we were talking about. So do it on a gradual basis that, that works for you. It doesn't have to be a big jump. You don't have to all of a sudden, now I love myself. It doesn't work like that. You, you've got to do it in small stages. Um, so I think, yeah, if you start off just, just with affirmations and saying that you love yourself, you're beautiful, um, whatever else you want to use, um, I just think I've got some. I'll try and find. Um, I've got some affirmation cards that I still use now. They're actually children's affirmation cards um, that, that we that we printed off for the for the kids. Um, I don't know if you've got access to the internet. Well, you must have access to the internet because you're on the podcast. That's Cinema. right. How about that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you've got access to the to the internet and you've got a printer, go on there and you can just type in children's. Children's feel good affirmations. I think I typed into Google, and then you can print them off and cut them out. They are they're, they're brilliant, absolutely brilliant because they've all got the statement on. You can use them. Say if I, I generally, I still do it now. I'll say five each each morning to myself. Um, all these tools that I've got, I started off with maybe just that one, and then I've gradually grown my toolkit over time to to, to have a multitude of different things in it. Um, so it's just about finding tools that work for you. So, so that might that might work for you, Nashua. I don't know. Try that. That sounds like a good idea. Um, I, I think I'd also add just a reminder. Oh, I'm seeing your video again. I don't know what happened there, but I'm seeing your video again. So one out of two. Silly <laughs> we'll see if mine comes back at some point. But uh, I, I'd also add to what Steve said. Why not? Take a look at the fact that your self-talk is so negative and ask yourself one question. What do you think it's going to take for you to let go of that self-talk, that negative self-talk? Now just just ask yourself that. And in the process of asking yourself that, maybe something will come up that you hadn't really uh, investigated before, that you hadn't really looked at. Because, I mean, you can do affirmations all you want to, and affirmations are very, very good. But if you got some really big blocks and really big resistance in the way, you, you you can just kind of walk through the exercise and not really get any benefit out of it because you're you're actively, you know, on a subconscious level saying, no, 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 I'm going to focus on all this negative crap that's going on. You, you can say all the affirmations you want, but I'm going on the negative crap. And and so there's something there that needs addressing. It needs to be felt out. It needs to be in some way um, worked on. And I think, uh, let's see, do we lose... Did I lose you, Steve? Uh oh. Hello. Ah. Yeah. Can you hear me? I couldn't hear anything then. I, I lost you completely. Oh dear. Can you hear me? I can now. You can. Okay. Good. Well, at least we got the audio. <laughs> we're, we're having te- yeah, we're definitely having technical issues. <laughs> so anyway, I was I was just summarizing that uh, maybe there's a negative issue that she really needs to to root out that's getting in the way, and uh, when when she can root that one out and feel it and express it and and all that kind of stuff, maybe it'll be easier to do things like the mirror exercises and get more benefit out of them. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I suppose in in that situation, it's difficult to um, it's dif- difficult without you know having a, a real conversation with Nasher. It's it's difficult to for me to come up with something that that will work because I don't know the situation. Right, right. Yeah. So we can only give it uh, answers generally, but I do like the idea of uh, those children's cards. What what was it that you searched on on Google? It was uh, I've forgotten now. What did I say? Um, Children's feel good affirmations. Affirmation oh, okay. Cards. Feel good affirmation cards. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But they, they work. They, they did. They did work for me. I used to say them in the mirror. You know, so that so that it just because when I was because I've been in that place actually. I've been in that place of of, of self loathing, of shame, of um not like not liking the way that I looked, how I felt. Um, so I've been there, and I, I understand how you feel 100. percent um, but it is about putting the working uh, on yourself and realizing that all that self-talk has been built up over time, probably from other people's opinions, other people saying things mm. to you that that are negative, and then you've taken that on board as, as being true and, and being yourself, which is um, 100% not true, because generally when people are doing that, it's because they've got issues and they've got problems and um, it's about it's about changing that, but only you can do it, and it's about taking responsibility for that and, and moving forward with it, even if it's difficult to do so in the beginning. Yeah, and it does take some doing. I, actually, I'm just realizing there's a little metaphor going on here. The metaphor is we're talking about things like mirror exercises and we're losing our video. So <laughs> it, it makes me wonder if we if, if that isn't like a, a, a signal from from spirit or something to focus on and talk about other ways to, to deal with this kind of thing besides visually. I mean, everything we've been talking about mirror exercises and, and loss of video and so forth, that's all visual stuff, but we have four other senses. We've got sound, we we've got touch, we've got taste. You, one that would work very well for this, I think now that you said that would be, would be journaling how you feel Jur- oh, journal yeah. that, that negative self-talk. Journal the, journal the self-talk, journal the feelings associated with it, and then what you'll probably find is when you're doing that, that things will turn up for you um, that you haven't noticed before, and these will probably be the things that you do need to work on. Uh, she she posted she's been posting a number of things here, including a lot of thank yous to everybody trying to help. She said, in one in particular, she says, yes, Steve, I need to heal my inner child. Bingo, shame, shame inflicted by others. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a big one. That was a big one for me, um, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So the, the, the way I – it's not about dealing with it. It's about accepting that there's actually nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. Because have you actually done anything wrong, Nasha? I would probably say no. Um, other people are putting shame. I'm assuming this is an assumption because I don't really know the story. But right. from what you said, I'm, I'm assuming that other people are shaming you and, and saying negative things about you, how you look, how you behave, whatever it may be. But then you are allowing that that they're shaming to to affect how you feel and how you see yourself. Again, that's that's not you. It's their issues. So it's about taking a step back 
and actually looking at the the one hundred percent truth of actually Nasha, and this is you speaking to yourself, saying Nasha, have have you actually done anything wrong? Have you done anything wrong? And you, you probably find that the answer is no. So then you've got nothing nothing to be ashamed of. But as I said, journaling, try journaling because journaling um, helps you to, to 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 get these things out because you can. You can put down on paper the feelings, the thoughts, watch your thoughts, write down what those thoughts are, write down how they make you feel, and work out where they came from. Because when you journal and you're writing them down, you'll, you, you, you can't help but have sort of like, well, for me it was anyway, I'd have light bulb mo- moments on them. So you'd be like, hang on a minute, right, okay, well that one came from there, that wasn't from me, that was from that guy, or that was from this person that said that, and that's actually not my thought, it's someone else's. Um, does that make sense? It makes sense to me. She's public, po- posting a number of things here. Um, I think she's trying to give us some idea of, of what she's gone through. Uh, she said, I'm not sure what the she here is, but, uh, oh yeah, she does her medications really took me to myself in grade one. That was intense and deep. And I have been abused and trying to speak up has put me in a place of shame by my family. Yeah, it's, it's it's very similar to what happened to me. Yeah, because um, I was told not to tell anybody, and um, not by my parents, not by family, mm-hmm. um, by by the person that was that was doing this. Right. But he he told me that I would be ridiculed if if I did say anything about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a similar sort of situation, and um, I suppose it's, it's 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 I suppose it's more difficult when it's it's in a family situation. But again, it's about it's about doing what's right for you, Nasha, and forgetting about what anybody else thinks. Because actually their words and their opinions can't hurt you. Did I lose you? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Steve, I'm not hearing you if you're hearing us. Oh, I see your mic is, is showing muted, Steve. I'm not sure what happened there, but check your mic. Okay, now it's showing unmuted, but I still don't hear you. We're definitely having a lot of issues with technology this past week. <laughs> this has really been something. I know. Oh, there you are. I'm pressing buttons and seeing what's happening and what isn't. I'm seeing your video, too. <laughs> oh, good. Where are you? Where am I? Yeah, I can't see you. I'm trying to I'm trying to get me back. Ah, oh, there, you, you, you're back. My what video's back? Hey, cool. <laughs> We did it. We got back. back. We're completely back. So, okay. So getting back to what Nasha was talking about, um, because apparently she's been through some abuse herself, which is horrible to have to go through for sure, but you also have to find ways to grow out of it. You were kind of trying to address that, and then you got cut off. So why don't you finish what you were saying there, and then I had something I wanted to add. Yeah, it's, it's it's about looking after you as an individual. So the main thing, I think... Try the journaling, because you need to work out the best course of action for you. Regardless of what anybody else thinks, feels, or does, or says, you need to work out a course of action that's going to work for you. Forget about anybody else. You need to look after you, Nasha. And that's that's all I can I can say. I know the, di- the situation that you're in sounds relatively difficult, mm. because it sounds like you're living with... The people that are shaming you and, and saying these bad things, which is difficult, I know, but there must be something. You need to, you need to journal it and work out what what is right for you to do for mm. you. 
Yeah. Interesting that's, thing. That's the only, only thing I can. That's Go good. On, sorry. That's good. No, I was just going to say, interesting thing happened after this morning's podcast with Joel. Um, we got off, we finished the podcast, closed off the recordings, and I realized we had somebody on the Blue Jeans platform with us that I hadn't noticed. And he'd been there for a while. His name is Sam. He's from LA. He's actually called in a few times, but I just didn't even see he was there today. So we had a conversation with Sam after the podcast. And among other things, he talked about, he's mentioned this before on the podcast. Had, how he has some OCD issues. And uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly why I thought to say this, but there was something that he said that just led, it just clicked in my brain and led me to say it to him. And when I said it to him, he said he had never heard that before. The thing that I told him was, I've become really appreciative lately. Oh, there goes your camera again. Let me see if I can get your camera back. No, it's not going to get, get it back. Are you still there, Steve? Can you can you hear me anyway? I'm, yeah, I can yeah. okay. see you. Yeah. I can see you. Uh, the camera just went kablooey. Well, anyway, um, what I told him is I've become very much more aware lately. Oh, there you are. You're back. I've become very much aware lately of how important it is to recognize that everything that I do, I do right. And yes. that flies in the face of everything that I have believed for years. It has flies in the face of what I've been taught. It flies in the face of simple logic. I mean, if you make a mistake, how can you possibly be right? But the funny thing is, even in those cases, you're right. And Abraham says this. Abraham's, they, they kind of say it in reverse. They say, you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. I like to turn that around and say, you always get it right and the road goes on forever. But it's basically the same concept. And and I've really become very aware of just how important it is to say, you know what? It may not have been the result I had in mind, but I did it right. I always get it right. What I did at any given time was exactly what I needed to do at that time based on the information I had, based on the skills that I had developed at that point. I did it right. I always do it right. I always get it right, even if it's not the result that I wanted. And when I said that to him, he said... There, there is there is no failure exactly because you're always you're always learning from the things that, so for me it's just about doing something differently to the way you've done it before if it works fantastic celebrate it go and do keep going right if it doesn't work doesn't get you the result you want then fine that's okay don't do it again do something <laughs> else right that's it that's it. That's it. It's simple, as simple as that. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, you can't do anything wrong. There, there isn't, a, for me, there isn't a right or a wrong. There are just things that happen. That's things right. that we do, things that we choose. Um, and if you then beat yourself up over those, that's, that's, a, that's not a good thing to do. No, no, it's not. You need to accept that you've done it, accept that it didn't get the result that you wanted, but now you've got a choice to go and do something else. If you keep doing the same thing over, and over and over again, that's a different, that's a different, different story. That's a different scenario because then you are, in fact, living in an insanity sort of mindset because you're trying to get a different result doing the same thing over and over again, which a lot of people do do. Yeah. Surprisingly. And by the um, way, and by the way, even wrong. that is not doing something wrong. It's still doing right within what you know how to do. Well, yeah. It's still, it's still doing right. You're still doing it right. You're just you not getting the result you wanted. On. You, you, you're still doing the thing that you believe is right because you're running, if you like, on that pattern of behavior that you always have. That's right. And you're doing that because you think that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you didn't think it was the right thing to do, then guess what? You wouldn't be doing it, would you? That's true. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Bit, a bit of a, a paradigm there, isn't it? It is, and, and a paradox too. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a little bit confusing perhaps, but I, I'm really learning. It, the more that I follow that rule, everything that I do is right. I, I eliminate so much crap from my life by doing that, by just adopting that rule. Crap that's self-imposed. And now I no longer self-impose it. What a relief that is. So I, I'd recommend that, Nasha. I'd recommend finding a way to. That, that it's kind of you know what that is. It's forgiving yourself, really. That's really what that is. Yeah. You know, saying you know what, okay, well, made a mistake, no big deal. Rather than oh god, I did it again. <laughs> Two entirely different feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, one of the things that we talk about with uh, Cindy Chavez and I uh, do a lot of work with the Neville Goddard books, and when Neville. Um, Neville, of course, speaks in, in his own Nevillese. <laughs> we, we use what we call the Neville decoder ring because so much of what he talks about is his take on, uh, biblical scripture, which is quite different from what the church's take is. So you have to kind of take all his stuff and understand it quite differently from what, um, the church has in mind. But, um, on the topic of what we're talking about here, Neville makes a very good point about the traditional religious concept of sin. The way religion teaches sin is actually inaccurate compared to what the word originally meant. If you go back to you know, Latin and Greek and, and you know, old Middle English and all that kind of thing, you find that the original meaning of the word sin was to miss the mark. And that's all it is. It's just aiming incorrectly and just not hitting the bullseye. And it's yeah. kind of like if you were shooting with a bow and arrow at a target, if you missed the bullseye, would you beat yourself up saying, oh, you missed the bullseye, whap, 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 or would you just change your aim? <laughs> Which would you do? <laughs> exactly. That's that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. That's perfect, yeah, because that's exactly it. That's, that's exactly it. it. We, all, we, all, we all go through life doing whatever we do, in the way that we know how to at that point in time. That's right. That's it. But you can't do something you haven't learned how to do yet. In effect, can you? That's it. Exactly. If you, do, it, if you do, you, you then you're very, you, you've, you, if you hit the mark the first time, fantastic. Hooray! You're probably fine if you do it again. Yeah, yeah, be probably fine if you do it again, you'll miss. <laughs> because it's <laughs> a fluke. Beginner's <laughs> luck, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's all it is all about working working on yourself and 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 doing something differently. Just do something differently, and it's it's a big learning curve. And be gentle on yourself too. That's the thing. I think that's what the real message is behind. You always get it right. Just you you need to be gentle. We all need to be gentler on ourselves. We're all really really tough on ourselves, and that doesn't help. It doesn't serve us. It doesn't get us to where we want to get to. So you know, be easier on yourself. Cut yourself some slack. You deserve it. And with that thought in mind, we've come to an hour. <laughs> Amazingly, we've flown through an hour. I mean, we're past the hour, so we got to kind of draw to a close. With all the Absolutely, yeah. But it, you know, it's all good. It's been good. It's been a good discussion. And I want to thank you once again, Steve, for sharing your story. Your story is very inspiring, and I, I love. It's fun having a, a ringside seat, watching how it's now unfolding as you're sharing your story on a wider stage in the UK. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the future reports about, you know, what's going to happen when you're on TV and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, right, yeah. right. 
So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you to our uh, live stream listeners and to our podcast listeners for continuing to listen. We appreciate your support, and we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.